0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're
1: still seeing it quite well through that haze. E minus 37 seconds. The fight is growing E equals 40, MC. 13. That all men are 13. created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. We can take each other
0: down. We're not on. Something's happening. Coming up along, Station.
1: This is Finding Your Frequency. With your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure, it's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Voice America has been broadcasting online since 1999. I came on board with the company in 2004. And uh, so we are a 20-plus-year-old company here now in 2019, so uh, 20 years and four months. Uh, And I still wear several hats. I'm the VP of operations for the company, but I still uh, help with our sales team, and I still help with IT support, and I still manage our production department and still work with our technology team. So I don't think at any point when you're trying to build something that anybody really cares about do you ever get away from
0: that entrepreneurial portion of wearing multiple hats right yeah and at a a company in our in our phase there's no such thing as that's not my job it's everybody's job to do everything and that's part of what's so enjoyable about being uh, somewhere like pathogen because everybody cares enough to just go out and get it done how many employees do you guys have now uh we are up to uh close to 20 employees okay awesome and you guys are located uh here in maricopa county what part of the valley are you guys at we have our corporate headquarters is in Scottsdale okay. and our R&D facility. Our primary um, technology facility is actually down in Tucson. Okay, great. So um, we're, we're split. Uh, most most of the folks are down there and our business operations are up here. Yeah, we used to have some offices
1: down in Tucson. Uh, we were a publicly traded company at one time and split off in like 2010. And uh, we were over at the, uh, technolo- the, the University of Arizona Technology Center uh, where we had our R&D facility for technology and uh, research and development around uh, Internet talk radio distribution and the capabilities so very familiar with Tucson uh, get down there quite often love Oro Valley uh, it's definitely a good place and of course uh, Tucson's always a good place to go to Old Town for some uh, Salty Senorita right
0: <laughs> <laughs> well since they closed the one here in uh, in, in North Scottsdale yeah you gotta get, get gotta where go you old care town. Right? <laughs>
1: Well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, what Pathogen DX is. Um, most companies they get going for a specific reason, right? They're trying to solve a problem, they're trying to help people, they're trying to serve. Uh, so, what service does Pathogen DX
0: uh, uh, do for people? So, we have a DNA-based microbial testing platform. So, we are looking for the bacteria and the fungus in uh, items that we consume that are bad for you. Uh, E. coli, salmonella, aspergillus, things that uh, hurt us if we consume them.
1: So you guys have some unique technology that allows you to uh, identify those pathogens and uh, bring that to light so you guys can provide
0: or, or help to provide treatment on those? Identification, uh, it, now that the, there's regulatory compliance, um, states are mandating that if you are going to consume something, that it's got to be clean. When you and I go to the grocery store and we buy a head of lettuce, we don't think twice that it's going to make us sick.
1: No, and then I go home and I get an email from Fries, and they're like, oh, hey, that thing you just bought is on recall. It just happened to me with some ground beef like last
0: week. And that's why it makes such national news is because it is so rare that it happens when they have that, that – that, uh, outbreak for the beef that came out of Goodyear, Arizona, Mm -hmm. or the, uh, we all know about the romaine lettuce from Yuma Valley, Um, it it is so rare that it does happen. That's why it's such a, it's such a big deal because we do have those regulations here in the United States that everything that we eat, that we drink, uh, it's got, it's got to be free of these microbials um, and we just take it for granted. And that's part of what the
1: Food and Drug Administration manages and where our tax dollars goes for that governing body to make sure that our food is safe. So you guys have, you know, regulations that you're adhering to. And then, so is it companies? Um, An example, so like if I grow peaches in in Georgia and I'm going to, you know, have a giant harvest, I'm getting ready to send those out for distribution, but I want to make sure that everything's pathogen free, I would call Pathogen DX and say, hey, can you send a rep over
0: here to Georgia and test my peaches? um well not quite so we we actually make the technology okay. we don't actually do any of the testing ourselves we sell our primary customer would be a testing lab okay. that wants to use this technology let me, let me back up a little oh, bit so you guys
1: are like a, you guys are a
0: pathogen SAS solution uh okay right yes. yeah <laughs> I mean yeah we it's it's a we almost it's almost a razor razor blade model so we once the once a lab has our equipment set in there uh, then they every time they do a test we are selling them kits that allow them to uh, I, process these organisms process whatever they're looking okay. looking for using DNA based technology which is which is it is it's not brand new but the way we do it is is fairly new uh, and it gets us away from the 100 uh, plus year old method that most people which is still the standard for every most everywhere we go of identifying these bad what is that grow it in a petri dish It's exactly right <laughs> the petri dish you remember yeah. uh, Julius Petri from our uh, high school biology days right that's how <laughs> that's how our lettuce is tested that's how most uh, everything that we consume including the water we drink is tested today is uh, you take a sample of it you swab it on the auger in, the, in a petri dish you put it away for two or three days in an incubator at a certain temperature uh, a lab technician comes out with a microscope a few days later and counts the number of colonies sees if anything's growing on that right. and that's how it's done today it really it, it's it's um, it's effective it's reliable it's inexpensive and so that's how it's always been done what we have is a is a new technology that allows us to get the same results, but much... uh, Much faster? We like to say much better, faster, and and even cheaper. Right. Uh, Yeah, speed is really a primary advantage. So um, from receipt of sample to results using Mm PathogenDx methodology, Uh, It could be in as little as six hours. Uh, And I think if you're a
1: farmer or, you know, you're trying to get your product to market, you know, the the quicker you can get that seal of approval for pathogen free and and know that it's safe for consumption, then the
0: quicker than they get to put dollars in their pocket too, right? Absolutely. Let me give you an example with the farmers since you brought them up. We work with a a growers association that it's a a group of American-based farmers growing in Mexico, south of Nogales. And all that produce, all those truckloads, tons my, and tons of favorite across, avocados? <laughs> absolutely. They come across the border every day. Well, those have to be, those are, are subject to the same regulations that everything else we consume are, are subject to. And so they sample. All those trucks come in and they sample for the E. coli and the aspergillus. Mm-hmm. And the, um, what happens is when one of those trucks gets pulled across at the border and stopped and says, we, we, you've been selected to go through microbial testing. That truck will typically sit there four, five, six, seven days from when they take that sample to process it through the lab in a petri dish. Yeah, and you know the farmers say they say well, we just we assume that whole truckload is we it's just it's gone. It, we throw it away. Yeah, because you just can't have. A truckload of tomatoes sitting there for, Not seven, for seven days. days no. no, so that is how it's done today. Um, what we'd, we'd like to do is we'd like to have a pathogen DX testing system right there on the border, and we're actually working with them for this, so that a truck gets selected to be sampled. They could bring it right over uh, to the the building. Run the process six hours later, we can tell them exactly how clean or how infected that product is. Uh, hopefully, it's it's clean. It gets yeah. passed, and that truck continues on to the uh, warehouses here on the side of the of the border. Yeah, so you get a, a whole bunch of kind of domino effects that happen as a result
1: of of the changing of the guard per se for how that works because. In the old model, you have this poor truck driver who's sitting there for seven days. And so you got to pay him to be there for seven days to stay with the truck and the load and all that. So there's, you know, a monetary output that happens between that time. So you're effectively uh, saving money from the drivers, from the logistics component and getting it where it needs to go, shortening that time. I, I love it. It's great. Absolutely. So let's talk about some other industries, um, and I, I'm sure you probably hear this from time to time. Some companies are, are do are, 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 some do this, some don't. Um, I did an interview yesterday with a doctor, uh, and we talked about uh, the, the growing usage of uh, medical cannabis and CBD products uh, and and a lot of the <laughs> lack of regulation for um, states that either have recreational marijuana usage or medical marijuana usage. Does your guys' pathogen technology, would it also work in? That space as well to, to test for you know pesticides
0: and like some of those things in the medical cannabis community or, or or medical hemp. Well, you're you're spot on with with cannabis. That cannabis is actually the market that we started in oh, okay. because of that that uh, the lack of regulation. Mm-hmm. If you look just a couple of years ago, cannabis, even though it's now been approved for medicinal purposes in some states mm-hmm. and for recreational purposes in, in other states. Um, It has never been regulated. So the the government's now saying, hey, if we're going to test the water that you drink and we're going to make sure that the broccoli that you buy at the grocery store is healthy and and free from contamination, it's got to pass the same uh, – we have to have the same regulations for the cannabis that you are taking for medicinal purposes. Um, There's actually an example of – up in Northern California, some cancer patients that were that were using medicinal cannabis to relieve the nausea, to relieve some of the pain, and they developed these um, these terrible infections in the lungs, very rare uh, fungal infections, and they couldn't identify where this was coming from. Well, it turns out that. Uh, it's coming from the Their cannabis, cannabis. That, they, that they were prescribed to take yeah, to and make that, them and, and that's better. A, and that's a huge problem.
1: I mean, I've done probably three or four different shows this year just on medical cannabis and CBD and, you know, like Arizona just passed the, uh, you know, the industrial hemp law and all that. So now you'll start to see uh, a lot of people doing doing that here in Arizona with hemp and uh, uh, got to have hemp to make uh, pure CBD oil. Uh, and so, yeah, I've, I've, I've been looking at that. And I'm, I'm a medical marijuana patient myself. And when I go to the dispensary and... I I'm looking for some, you know, relief or something for myself. That's one of the things I look for. I'm like, where's your test results for all of these products that you have? And it's still, I still don't understand why it is not a, a necessary component of Arizona's medical marijuana legislation that the testing be provided
0: and upfront and available for the patient because it's not. The states are really playing catch up on this. And, and something that is very important to, to, to see is that every state has a different set of regulations, we're not at the point where we're looking at water or the food or the agriculture where there's a, a standards a, across the entire country. And that's, frankly, that's one of the reasons why we were able to go into cannabis is because our technology allows us to identify not just one pathogen, but we are able to look for multiple pathogens, multiple uh, bacteria and, and fungus and mold uh, from a sample. And we're able to give the states exactly what they need for their uh, regulators to, um, pass the cannabis to pass the, uh, the make sure that it's clean. So what's the cost of a kit? Like what if, I
1: mean, I I know you guys are primarily focused with, um, you know, companies and, and, and larger businesses, but I mean, what if a consumer is like, Hey, I've been, you know, buying this medical cannabis from the same place for X amount of time. And they're concerned that it could have caused some, you know, medical concerns is, is
0: a a standard person able to reach out to pathogen DX and get some testing done. Not at this time. I think you're going to see more and more people. Well, first of all, I think you're going to see anything that's being sold at dispensaries or legitimate outlets nowadays, they are mandated. They are required to be tested. So there's what we we call the big six. California has always been on the forefront of of many things. Yeah, so the (laughs) the, the big six that California are testing for are E. coli, salmonella, and then four species of aspergillus, which is that that very deadly mold and fungus we were talking about. Um, Arizona, I believe, has... Everybody's got E. coli and salmonella, and then they've got every state's decide uh, what, what else they want to test for. I think Arizona's looking for three of the four aspergillus species right, right and now. This, and this is just from uh, consumption of food, right?
1: This is the— what, Or is that on the cannabis This side? is on the
0: cannabis. This is what the—the the states are, are regulating the cannabis now, but they're self-setting their own rules and their own um, organisms that they want to detect and want to be make sure that you're clean.
1: Yeah, because even the dispensary, you, if you go in there and, like, I, I've been like, hey, can you show me the testing on this? They're like, oh, we don't have it. And I'm like, well, I know you're required to have something. I mean, you know, if I, if I run a, a warehouse, I better have my MSDS
0: sheets, like, ready to go on my hazardous yeah, materials. I, I think you're going to see it catch up <laughs> here in Arizona. If you go to California, they definitely have to be compliant. So in the cannabis world, there are six major tests that they have to test for. They're looking for the potency. They're looking for pesticides. They're looking microbial testing, which is where the test that we focus on, that's one of them, uh, heavy metals. So um, I think you're going to see if you go to a uh, dispensary in California, I think you will see that they, are, they do have to be compliant. They have to have certification labels on the cannabis that says it has passed this and it does meet these standards and these regulations. I think it's catching up because um, you as a consumer don't want to be taking something that is just, <laughs> you know, grabbed off the street and uh, consumed. Yeah, I mean, for me
1: as a patient of medical cannabis mine's not for, you know, cancer or something like that. I have some debilitating back problems that, um, you know, that I I use cannabis for. But there are a lot of people who, you know, like your cancer patients and some people that may have terminal illnesses or Crohn's disease or some of those things that are you know, much more susceptible to what these pathogens could do to them versus somebody who isn't in the same kind of sphere like I am, and so that's that's where my fear comes from—is just all the other people who have a, a much higher severity reason why they're using medical cannabis and making sure that like nothing happens to them. I feel like, you know, what if my what if my grandma needs a cannabis, uh, you know, in a couple of years and then it's not it's not you know tested correctly? Then I feel I feel really bad for her you know so
0: i love what you guys are doing yeah something that we that we don't want to talk about is that you know you and i are probably exposed to all kinds of bad bugs every day including e coli salmonella black mold i mean we it, it's just out there it's in the air it's in the atmosphere it's in things that we eat the reason why you and i don't get sick all the time from this is because we have a healthy immune system it's the Patients that, when they are taking the medicinal cannabis, because uh, they're on some kind of chemotherapy or some kind of other drug, right, yeah. their immune system's weak. That is where the, the, like you said, that's where we really have to protect these people because they don't have that immune system that you and I have to fight off all these bugs that we are c- constantly. Uh, Coming across so as as Pathogen DX kind of finds its uh, frequency in the
1: industry, and you guys are testing food and medical cannabis. What what kind of other uh, uh, products or what kind of other revenue generation uh, components do you see? You know, five
0: years down the road. Well, let me let me take a step back because right now we are primarily in cannabis. If you can imagine, when um, if we tried to go into the broccoli or the lettuce at the grocery store that we're talking about. Um, Today, it 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 because it is regulated at the federal level, the FDA. There is an enormous amount of testing and. Um proven technology that the state wants, you know, the federal government we have to go through to, to get that level of certification. So in cannabis, we're able to prove the technology at the state level. Um, and it's, you know, independent verification with uh, laboratories that are doing side by side methodology, the petri dish next to the pathogen DX technology. They're mm-hmm. able to say, hey, we're getting the same results. And so we're able to validate that here in the cannabis world. We are gonna move into, we have plants move into hemp. Like you said, I think cannabis right now is a one and a half to two billion dollar market, testing market. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hemp. That's just here. Hemp is estimated to be five billion dollars. Right. You can imagine what food, uh, agriculture, uh, meat, that market is is absolutely huge. It's being done today, but it's being done at that um, uh, Petri dish, at that plating uh, level. And so the opportunity is just endless to take the this DNA-based microarray technology and apply it to everything else that gets tested for these same microbials. So then your next five years may be more R&D in the space
1: so you can be certified with the Food and Drug Administration for Foodstuff as you guys kind of get more and
0: more you know, data rounded up based on your, your testing, right? Absolutely. In fact, that's where a lot of our um, future dollars are are. are going to be focused on the food industry is probably the largest industry that there is correct it's it's huge (laughs) i don't know if it's the largest but um in oh in terms of testing for microbials of course yeah 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 yeah. um and you can imagine how you can't just come in with a new technology and displace the 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 standard uh without reams and reams of data that says this is effective this is not going to make anybody sick and so that's kind of where we have a uh a uh, methodology to go from cannabis to hemp to into these b- these bigger and bigger markets where the testing process is literally the identical to what we're doing today. Yeah, you know, we do a lot of discussion
1: here uh, on finding a frequency about like technologies and things that are in use. And one of the things that I had always thought was extremely interesting from a technology perspective is just, um, you know, blockchain, which is one of the, the components that drives like cryptocurrency and some other things. But there's some implications with blockchain for uh, logistics and traffic. Packing, you know, shipments of food products or any product for that matter, from where it is and where it needs to go and all that. And, um, you know, you get a lot of these recalls that happen. And what happens is, you know who bought it, but after that, you don't know what happened. You don't know, you know, which parts of the infected whatever ended up in which stores. And so that's a, a logistical challenge that a lot of food distributors are having, which blockchain will solve for them. But your guys' product, if used correctly... And effectively and ongoing would eliminate the need for the recall to even happen in the first place,
0: because it would be effectively caught before it was distributed. I think that's the goal, and, and the, it doesn't have to just be one test. I mean, with this, the, the the way we've simplified and driven down the cost of these tests, and been able to and be able to do multiple tests all on one microarray slide. Yeah, um, it, it allows. It allows the, the, any place in the supply chain to, to test for these microbials at any stage and be able to identify exactly where that uh, contamination may have been picked up from. Well, this has been an enlightening conversation, and, and
1: you were worried about uh, you know, what you were going to talk about.
0: I think you did great. Hey, we we've been doing this for a couple <laughs> years now. You know, uh, some of the, some of these things just uh, come naturally. Yeah, and I, it's funny that you know um, I read this information I knew about food testing, and I and I read these
1: couple of questions that you know we kind of uh, uh, looked at before the interview, and it, and it was crazy. I did I did an hour long interview just all about CBD, and um, and so they're they're doing the same uh, the same thing. The company they're they're going through and and doing a lot of testing on the products to make sure that everything is working good, and then so to come in and have a conversation with a company who actually does the testing really, um, I think, gives our listeners a 360-degree view of, you know, kind of this new and up-and-coming CBD industry and and cannabis industry and kind of where it's going from a regulatory perspective and and all of those things. So, man, I really think that what you guys are doing is amazing. Um, I'm, I'm all for, you know, the testing of all of those things and making sure that it's right and and all that. So thank you for joining us today.
0: Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. At the end of the day, we really just want to uh, help ensure that human health is protected from a purity and safety standpoint. And that's really what we're trying to get to here because there's so many places in this stage that that we could potentially harm us. Yeah. Uh, we, We hope to get in front of it. Yeah. And I think there's so many new emerging products in this particular space
1: of cannabis and CBD and hemp that from a consumer perspective, if you go, oh, well, I wanna go get some really good CBD, but then you go online and you start looking and there's like literally 700 brands of CBD out there. And from a consumer's perspective, you don't know where to start, which ones are good. So you start looking at reviews and, you know, uh, when we talked to the doctor yesterday, he's like, hey, CBD doesn't work for everybody. You know, just like ibuprofen doesn't work for everybody, but Tylenol might work for John, but not work for Jane. Uh, And so we talked a little bit about that. And I think being able to have the testing of the products Kind of as a forefront of what the product is will make navigating this maze from a consumer perspective a whole
0: lot easier. Because right now, I'm a consumer and it is confusing. Yeah, and, <laughs> and again, the regulation is not caught up with the the cannabis and the hemp and the CBD products the way it has with right you know typical uh, food and water and agriculture products. So, anytime we could get in into that. Uh, supply chain and and ensure that the product is, is good. We'd like to be there. So guys, if you're in, in in Arizona and you're listening to this radio
1: show and you're in the medical cannabis industry, you're looking at bringing up your farm for hemp and you're really looking to go down that that path, make sure that you get a hold of Pathogen DX so they can help you provide the proper testing environment and equipment for, for making sure that whatever product you're going to sell is safe for your consumers. Because if your product's not safe for your consumers they won't come back and you will fail. Couldn't say it better. Ladies and gentlemen thank you guys so much for tuning in to Finding Your Frequency right here on voiceamerica.com. My name is Ryan Treasure. We'll be bringing you some more fantastic interviews right here on Finding Your Frequency.